Hey everybody, and welcome to the fifth episode of The Lodka. Today we're joined by American Scribe, Kuyo, HP Productions, and Biggie15. Today we're going to be talking about some YouTube news, a bit of lore from the games, and then we'll move on to whatever we want to talk about. And after that, we'll do some questions from the community. So without further ado, how is everyone's week? Okay, I'll make this quick. I'm doing great. Like I'm dealing will. with my dog who is barking half on, half off right now. So I might be in and out with conversations because she's just going crazy now. It's only when I record shit. I swear to God, I put on the record. I hit record. My dog's like, got to bark now. Let's go. And it's. <laughs> yeah, my, my week was. Uh... So I just finished finals, right? 90% sure I I only pa- really passed one. The, my, like the the curve is gonna push me up to passing, right? Because in my and major, <laughs> so like in, in my <laughs> major, the the minimum for passing is a D minus because it's the most difficult major at the college, right? So <laughs> I'm just hoping that I pass. But we'll, we'll jump over to Mister Mister American Scribe. How how was how was your week? I worked all week. That's what I did. Ten hours a day. Again, like always. Um, watched uh, Game of Thrones, of course, on Sunday. It was, ass. Yeah. Don't get me it started. Was actual ass. I was so mad about the whole Daenerys thing. It made absolutely no sense. Um, what else happened? Made one of them uh, 3D Iconics puzzles with the metal sheets. Ooh. I made a Humvee. That's pretty much my week. How about you, Q? Uh, I got a collab coming up here soon for people who watch and my channel. We're going to do two different lore videos and we're going to show up in each other's videos. So you can look forward to that. Speaking of which, uh, we, we have a collab coming up with uh, Big E over here. Don't know when because our schedules uh, are spontaneous I, as all hell. God, yeah fucking i'm i'm finally moved back home so there's that i can so how about you mr talk man don't worry yours isn't important okay guys let's move on to the next section oh okay (laughs) (laughs) well for your kind information i took up a new hobby i go outside and i yell at trees those damn trees look at them in their photosynthesis but in all um honesty I haven't really done much this week. I um, I oh, painted Odyssey? a few minis and yeah, I well, painted a few minis and polished a sword. sword. That's about it. What? <laughs> yeah. Okay then. On to the next topic. Yep. Well, okay. So for this next topic, the Kuyo insisted we do this. Yeah. I am not a fan of it. <laughs> well, okay. Since I did bring up this topic, uh, now that we're in the YouTube section. Everyone kind of knows this. It's, it's been all over YouTube this past week. Uh, Hate you. <laughs> there's this guy named James Charles who's like a makeup YouTuber. I, I haven't seen any of his videos in my life. Who the fuck is this James Charles guy? He sounds like a twink. <laughs> he, he probably, he definitely is. But, <laughs> he's getting some shit. Of course he's a twink. I don't but, know either one of these people. That's basically, but okay, in general, just to sum it up, he basically advertised a brand that was by a friend. The friend didn't like it. The friend made an exposed video on him, and now he lost a bunch of subs. And it's really petty both ways because it was over a single ad. See, what my girlfriend told me was that 
she asked him to do a, a shout out and he said no and then got offered a ridiculous amount of money to do this other like the compat the competitions like Brit brand and he did and person he was doing it to got all pissy and did the exposed video on it and i don't know from what i know he's been kind of problematic as a person for the last like forever yeah no this is nothing and new the the biggest terrible well, human no, the beings biggest, are terrible the biggest crux the biggest crux of why everybody's unsubscribing is because he's had he's been very vocal since he started his career as a quote-unquote model uh of him wanting to he, he's he preys on straight guys and makes them feel like they owe him so they sexually gratify him and crap and Jacuio, he's coming <laughs> so, um, so basically what's been going on is tati even though like she's known this for years she's just called him out on it now because as kuyo and uh, biggie just stated the brand deal thing pissed her off and that's why people have just been leaving his channel in droves yeah, he's the first YouTube channel ever to lose Dude, two million subs we, in a day. We need to we need to get an iDubs content cop on it. Chan -chan That'd be fantastic. <laughs> yes. Chanchant chap, chanchant chap. Yeah. So, uh, anyone else have anything to say about this little bit of drama? No, it's like already okay. a week old. So, pro Jared, then you guys know this guy. I don't. So basically, he, he used to be a part of Normal Boots, which is this brand that owns people like Game Grumps, uh, John Tron, a bunch of other retro YouTubers from the past. They own people? Well, no, they own the brands. But in general, he got caught cheating on his wife, and then he got caught sending these really like nutty nudes to underage fans. Ha, ha nutty. <laughs> they really are crazy. Like, nutty. Like I haven't seen any of them but like from from like if you like listen to other podcasts and other YouTubers, like he would do weird ass shit, like dress up in costumes. <laughs> oh his wife was the one who outed him too. Yeah. Ooh. I mean was it like cosplay costumes or was it yeah. like Okay then. I think yeah. the biggest <laughs> tragedy of this whole situation is the girl that he cheated with on his wife you know what I mean. The girl that he, he, he uh, did not his wife with. Yes. Looks like a dude, but his wife is actually kind of really pretty. <laughs> yeah, they both traded down. <laughs> okay, then. Well, cheating is not a healthy thing to do. It's not good for a relationship, so I can't recommend it. I agree. Okay. Yeah, so now that we got the, the drama out of the way, we can move on to the more interesting stuff that we can probably talk about more. Microsoft and Sony announced that they were working together recently. And it was on uh, cloud gaming. Well, this we, is heresy. Well, we remember what happened when Nintendo and Sony worked together, so... I don't see many what good things coming out of this. Oh, that's how we got the PlayStation. What? Really? Yeah. yeah uh, it is. Yeah, Sony was working to make a CD, CD drive for the N64, and Nintendo pulled out the last minute. And so he got like, pissy and was like, all right, we'll make a console and make it better than yours. And then the PlayStation was made and blew the Nintendo wow. out of the water. Yeah. Wow. That's a cool story. I didn't know that. Yeah, so basically Sony already had the infrastructure for streaming and Microsoft had their big server system called Azure. And so they're like, hey, how about since both of our next consoles are going to involve streaming in some form, why don't we partner up? And basically the point of it was to combat Google Stadia. 
and I look, it seems like it's good, sure, they're not gonna be best buds, they're still gonna be a console war, but they're just trying to compete against Google Stadia. Well, I think what's gonna happen is they're gonna do a test run on with it, with the, the supposed Nintendo Switch Pro coming out. I can see them trying it out on there first, since that they already do streaming on the Switch with uh, Resident Evil 7 over in Japan, and it has shown very promising results. So I can see them trying out and switch in the United States with that. And if they do that, well, I may actually throw Sony my money for once. I'm not a Sony fan, but that's just me. I have, I have both consoles, and I think what worries me the most about this is that I hate streaming games as a service. I am not a fan of it because yeah. the system itself is not... And so, I mean, I understand that you're working on it and they're working on it, but like, I, w- I brought this up a, probably a couple podcasts ago, how I was using uh, PlayStation Now, and PlayStation Now is so, so rough. Like, there's so much lag, there's so much just... It was There was points where it was unplayable, and I had decent enough internet, too, which is like like the top of the line internet to run this thing and that that's that's the issues i have with it i just think that I, I just i'm not a fan of streaming as a service yeah i agree i'm not you still have to have the game downloaded on your on your console i think that should make anything work we um, as gamers already had our games taken away from us when we started downloading and they want to take that one step further to where we don't even own them anymore ultimate drm and yeah, no, no, really. You o- you only rent your games. The licenses and the EU- EULAs you sign. Like, when was the last time I- we got a physical game? I think Xbox 360. The last game was like was when when me and my brother like owned games, and that was almost ten years ago at this point. Oh no, is, I, I buy I'm looking at my games right now. <laughs> God, the last physical game might have been Uncharted Four. Wow. I think the last physical game I bought was Dishonored. Yeah, yeah it was Dishonored. The last physical yeah, that game was the we last physical game I bought. I, oh, I literally no, just bought incorrect. A game. I got Fallout seventy six. There you go. <laughs> I put about four hours into it. Haven't played it since. I I just bought Grocery Con the the new one. Pre ordered it. I think my biggest qualm with the whole digitizing uh, games like that is. Sony has a habit of putting unnecessary restrictions on what their consumers can, you know, consume with their games. Like, for instance, the whole uh, modding issue with um, PlayStation on Skyrim and Fallout 4. Like, if there's new assets, that mod's unavailable. That's something that worries me with Sony in particular is what kind of limitations are they going to put in place for you if you download a game off their streaming service? I assume it's going to be the same thing. Like, oh, you can't play cross-platform if that's even going to be a thing. Uh, you probably won't be able to softcore mod if the uh, developer does that. Like, See, that's something that terrifies me about, uh, especially Sony, because they have set a precedent for it. But I don't know if Microsoft's going to follow suit or not. I don't but, um The thing is, though, like, we don't know yet, and that's what's scary about the situation yeah the thing about consoles is that they set a precedent for the pc market in specific too like skyrim only looks the way it does because of the console limitations all the games are always like made for console nothing's really made for pc so even if we move on to what we consider a better platform 
things will never really change for us unless it gets better for console. I think that uh, a move towards cloud gaming might be a very good help with that because it unifies and kind of like makes everything kind of on an even platform at the cost of a lot of things. But if it might we, have its downs, but it'll have its ups too, I guess. Yeah, like mm-hmm. I, I'd rather we have like because I think uh, it was the CEO of Microsoft who said that they well no not Microsoft Xbox who said that they oh, wanted to yeah yeah who said that the next generation we're going to have a Xbox with all the hardware and then we're just going to have a streaming Xbox. I think that would be ideal because that way people who can't really afford it can get the streaming one. They can also play and then people who can't afford the hardware will get the hardware and they'll obviously have better experience and it'll be a win-win for everyone. Okay, Biggie, you want to move us on? Uh, sure. So I've seen a... Uh a video recently of Bioware being a hundred percent committed to Anthem. And I looked up a little bit more and despite all the controversy and them moving towards uh, a majority of their team back in age four, they're the Anthem. They're not giving up on Anthem. It's still game. They're going to keep working on. I just want to know what you guys thought about that whole situation. Uh, I think it's going to be just like with Fallout 76, but with a lesser degree to how much they want to support it. So, like, in the case of Fallout 76, uh, Pete Hines stated that as long as people play, which is obviously a lie, they're going to keep supporting the game. It's most likely however long they keep making a profit, they're going to keep supporting the game. And so I think with Anthem, they're going to do what EA has done for a while now with like games they plan on keeping alive for a while, which is just keep producing small bits of content, like drip feed people the content until you eventually can't afford, until you eventually can't make a profit from it and you can't afford it. And then just uh, abruptly shut it down after a few months. There is one thing I will credit, and I, I doubt it's actually EA. I'm going to guess it's mostly the developers that are doing it. Like, the developers do try their hardest to maintain a game. Because I know for a fact with... Uh, speaking of games that we were recently playing, I was playing Battlefront 2 yesterday. That game is actually tremendously fun, and I feel very bad for what happened to it. But at the same time, it's well-deserved. But they have 12 people working on it. DICE has 12 people maintaining the game, everything, adding the DLC, working on the DLC, and all DLC is free, but regardless of which. Anything that's updated with that game is with 12 people. Jesus. And yeah, and it's ridiculous how well and how spawned to the community and how well they're able to get these updates out there, considering how understaffed i think they are i can't imagine the crunch for them 12 people producing content and it has to be top tier imagine like they must be getting paid a lot (laughs) i hope they are because they deserve it because they honestly they the updates they are willing and are able to do is crazy so i'm kind of hoping that bioware will be doing the same that they'll put a small team on it that are going to be able to work on it maintain it update it and actually make it into a game that is considered good to gamers just give us kotor 3 already oh no they tried to when when um they acquired the rights to um star wars when ea did bioware wanted to make kotor 3 and they said no 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 why would you want to make a single player game those aren't profitable well it's funny because bioware made the first one you think you think that ea would look at him and go 
wow, you guys did such a great job there, and people obviously want this, but we're not going to let you make another one. It was a different time, because it was back when multiplayer games weren't really that popular or big. It was when they were just starting out. So they did try They did try to go into there. There was an interview I saw uh, online where the one, one of the people higher up at Bioware were like, yeah, we'd love to make a KOTAR 3. We, we made a whole thing with EA presentation with them, and they said, no, we, we, we want to move the company to a different direction. The classic excuse. EA, um, I, EA just needs to be like, we're going to let them do whatever they want. They know the community better than we do. With that, though, it comes down to what's the most profitable for the company. And it's not just EA, but like every single company. You see it with Bethesda, you see it with EA, you see it with uh, Blizzard, etc. But it flops every time. But they don't care because it makes them the most amount of money but in the shortest amount of for, time. You see, for a company like Bethesda, they're privately owned and traded. They're not, they're not even traded. So profit for certain companies means yeah. less than it does for others with like especially for companies with investors in the case of EA like I really do hope the de- cuz you really can't ever blame the devs unless like they do something terrible like with what happened to Alien Aliens like <laughs> but yeah so mm-hmm. anyone else got anything that No just I'm pretty solid. waiting for it all to flop that's all I'm doing. <laughs> yes. We're, we're, we're entering about... I predict we're going to have the second great video game crash. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I wouldn't like that. Because actually, no, it does make sense. Because there's there's so much... so many. It's so easy to make games, but it's expensive to make them, like, polished. Unless you go from an indie standpoint. Even then, well, it's even, expensive. Even indie, ga- indie games are putting out better content. Oh, that's the that's the whole thing. Things. You're supposed to be finding the diamonds in the rough, and the the rough being the indie games that aren't having the AAA backed money, like mm-hmm. back funds. But honestly, like there are games out there that are pretty solid that I think people don't give too much attention to. Like I just actually completed my Days Gone review yesterday. I gave it an eight out of ten. It was a game I had no expectations with. I picked up, grabbed it, beat it in roughly about 40 hours or so, got the platinum trophy and everything. And honestly, I was very satisfied. I had fun with it, didn't expect much out of it, and I was pretty happy with the result out of it. And they were originally, I think, an indie company, and they got picked up by Sony and then given AAA funding. But at first, they were originally indie. But I I feel like there are games out there that are good, but they don't get the attention that is well-deserved. I think one of the biggest problems that we have right now is that not enough people are calling these companies out on what they're doing and people just sh- shut up and take it. No one's like going, Hey, we don't want to stop doing it yeah. uh, to where it's a vocal majority instead of just like, you know, small vocal minority. No, it happened with Fallout 76. <laughs> it happened with Fallout 4 too. Yeah. Yeah. I, w- I was, I liked Fallout 4. I liked it, but I was disappointed because it was that every quest was the same quest. Same with my issue with Skyrim. It was the same quest. was mostly the same quest every time. And I'm like, where it happened to like the Morrowind days where each quest had its own little twist to it. I mean, why would you bother putting in the effort to make a RPG when you can have action and gunplay? It's all going to come crashing. I, I know it is. And I think like Nintendo and Microsoft both see could see that. And that's why they've open up so many indies things lately yeah they, they really did start making a large move towards indie stuff but i think we've kind of beat the horse real dead this time 
So yeah. HP, you wanna? No, we gotta curb stomp it before we're done. <laughs> each each episode, we're just gonna bash on EA more. Yeah, honestly. <laughs> All right, so now we're going to jump into the lore section. You know, the section where us uh, lore tubers are supposed to talk about lore, but uh, we barely talk about lore, so let's talk about dragons. Yeah, so this is my topic. Uh, you, you know how there's the, how in Akavir, there's like the nations and the different nations are attributed to the races. And then there's like mm-hmm. this, the cat race and their king became a dragon. And oh, yeah. yeah, like what I want to talk about is did he actually become a dragon? Like, did he somehow convert his soul into a dragon soul? Or did he just transmutate himself into an abomination with wings? This is one of the reasons why I don't do lore from Akavir. It's because there's so much stuff about that place that we just don't... There's never been a game there. The books are oftentimes contradictory and they say different things and we don't know. I still have my theory that... um. This entire time, Akavirian forces have been building up armies to invade. That's why. Oh no, no, uh, we we definitely know that because there's been tons of invasions. There's the the ice giants from the north in Akavir who tried mm-hmm. to invade Morrowind. This uh, Tyeski invaded at some point. Well, uh, my my theory is the Tyeski didn't really invade as much as integrate, though. Yeah. Well, my theory yeah. is that the that the uh, what are the cat people over there? The tiger people. The Capotoon. Yes. Well, I think that they took that they are the ones that took the moons and the moons being in full cycle over there is what lets them turn into dragons. Mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, actually, there is a what? very big you just made a massive connection. I actually know because, OK, I was playing ESO and I was playing uh, the mission right before elsewhere. Right. And mm-hmm. there's actually a d- trial in elsewhere that was leaked called Sunspire. And the achievement and the quest that it's called is like um, Dragon Break. And the Khajiit are heavily related to dragons. Like, yeah. the new lore that's coming out, like, the amount of lore connects between the moons and the dragons and the Khajiit is crazy. And the fact that the moon is connected to the dragons somehow in the latest DLC for ESO, you might be onto something. Like, yeah. Well, if the sun is... is what Magnus and the moons are lurking. I think there's something to do with that, uh, with them having to be the antithesis of each other. And and, the, and, and this specific quest actually uh, uh, involves the moons going away, from what I read of the achievement. So there's there's a there's a connection between moons disappearing, dragons. Oh, and yeah, I mean, it has to it has to be. I'm like, I whenever I first. Uh, started getting into the lore community about a year ago. I posted something like that into Zork's lore thing, and uh, I forget who it was. That told me that I'm uh, this. This is a speculation. This is for lore only. And I'm like, no, I got something. I know it. Okay, so hopping back to the Dragon God guy, uh, I think that he transmutated himself into a massive dragon, but there is a connection to the moon, and he probably did it in some way, shape, or form, via the moons. Because, like, I'm pretty sure physical transmutations typically are only, like, able to be done by the gods and the Daedra, from what we've seen. Like, with uh, Martin becoming Akatosh, and that was done through divine power. Well, wasn't there an eclipse when that happened, too? With uh, the 
Capo Toon becoming a dragon or yeah, with Martin? I think there was an eclipse that had something to do with that. With I, Martin. I, I don't oh yeah, with Martin, I don't know. I don't I've I haven't really played No, there wasn't an eclipse. It was okay. just the regular day. I couldn't remember. Uh to that end, I think it's less the Adra having the power to, you know, transmute say and more Martin's body being possessed more than anything else. Yeah, I think the 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 uh, gem did something more than Martin's body than what we understand since, you know. Well, since that's our only available case of someone becoming a dragon, even if it was for a few seconds, I think it's we can attempt to attribute that to what happened to uh the dragon king of the Capotoon. And I yeah. think there there's bound to be some connection with Akatosh or with whatever dragon god they have or whatever they call him. And there must probably been... Alduin. Well, we don't know if it's Alduin because Alduin is very much a Nordic thing. He is definitely Alduin came from Akavir. Well, okay. so don't, don't all dragons come from Akavir at some yeah. point? Well, th- that's another? the yes. saying, but we there's some evidence that certain dragons never really because dragons don't breed, and by saying that they come from Akavir would be implying that they had a beginning on Akavir and that they were created. They had on a Akavir. creation. At some well, point, the thing so, is. I mean, Maybe they just landed on Akavir because none of the mortal races are native to Tamriel as it is. Yeah. Wait, watch this Bethesda retcon everything because if I remember correctly, I think dragons used to be able to have, uh, used to be able to breed, but that was retcon. Well, th- no, those are dra- those are dragonlings. They're in the mountains. Of- Drag- uh, yeah, dragonlings are. They look only like dragons in form, but they're a completely different animal. Oh. I was thinking no, the the amount of like research and in depth looks that we all go into is kind of crazy. But I feel like everyone over at Bethesda does nowhere near the amount of like detailed <laughs> they know, they know. like analysis of anything, and they're looking at all this shit, being like, "God damn, these people are fucking crazy." <laughs> but yeah, so I th- in general, I think we can all agree that. The- it's a cool concept, but we'll probably never see it come to fruition. But now that we've beat this dead horse, let's move on to the next dead horse. All right, so this ned- next dead horse that we're going to be beating uh, into the ground is why doesn't the Dragonborn go blind after reading Elder Scrolls? We know for a fact that the Moth Priest does, but the Dovahkiin can more or less at his leisure consume Elder Scrolls like they're candy. Because he's a dragon soul. Yeah, this question came up in my Discord chat like probably months ago, but like it's still something that like it was, it was either my Discord chat or a comment, and it's just like my response was because plot and it's convenient because you know it would okay. suck to be playing as a blind protagonist, but at the same time, it makes zero sense that someone who's trained to read a moth for uh, read a scroll can read it and go blind because he rushed into things, but the the dragon board's just like yeet. Oh man, that so that was cool. We're good still. It's all right. Well, didn't uh, who was the one that banished Alduin to the future? I can't remember who that was. I know who you're talking about. I don't know uh, it was Grandpa Max. That's all I remember. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't go blind reading it either. Well, we used it, he didn't, using he it didn't one really time. Read it. He kind of held it in reverse yeah. and kind of cast it at Alduin rather than read it. Yeah, didn't he shout at it? Well, he 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 just he probably had like an incantation or a spell ready to use it, but he never Gosh. looked. There's a, there's okay. So the way I see it is that the reason he never went blind from reading it is because he probably only read it once or twice, 
And it's because for Moth Priest to go blind, it takes a lifetime of reading the scrolls. But that being said, in Skyrim, the Dragonborn reads the scrolls like more times in a year than anyone at like an actual Moth Priest uh, conclave ever would. Mm hmm. And the fact that he doesn't go blind probably does have to do with him being immortal. Because, like, well, having an immortal soul of a dragon. So, like, if we look at Alduin, when he got thrown into the wastes of time and was crippled, that was done by the power of the uh, of the Elder Scroll. And he looked at it. And the fact that he wasn't destroyed and went blind because of it yeah. probably has it to seems, do with him being a dragon. It seems well, that I also, the Elder Scrolls have some kind of unique effect on dragons and dragons. Like, they interact differently together compared to mortal. I guess it could also be what kind of theory you go by if it's just dragon souls or if because the Dovahkiin and Alduin are supposed to have uh, special souls in particular. I, I think that there definitely is connection between dragons and Elder Scrolls. And I th there was a theory that I've covered a bit on, the, on our channel in that the Dragonborn himself is like, the reincarnation of Lorcan or Shore, and it, it's a rabbit hole, but it would explain a lot to do with the scrolls because, okay, I'll be honest, the scrolls are the most obscure piece of lore to ever exist. There's no concrete powers that they hold. There's no like established. The scrolls are the MacGuffin. Yeah, they're they're honestly yeah. the MacGuffin. There's nothing that they can't do or won't do given the situation. So I never saw one until Oblivion. Am I right about? Uh, I th think so, yeah. Correct. They The name Elder Scrolls was only selected because they thought it sounded cool. Yeah, because they had to cover <laughs> up Arena. They, they, yeah, they wanted to turn Arena into an RPG. But, but, you know, it worked out. It was for the better, so I won't down them on that. Yeah, and I think that because they're a MacGuffin, the way they interact with things will always be context-based. And... We probably shouldn't dig too deeply into how they work, but I, but I think we've kind of come to the conclusion that it's because of the dragon soul. So the last thing we're going to be ranting about, probably for way too long, is what is magic? And where does it come from? And how was it created? My personal theory is magic is just stuff. It's solar power. Actually, you no, no, you're not wrong. Power? He's not wrong. He's not. Scribe I is somehow not wrong. <laughs> Did you guys have a disagreement with this with Zork too? This is another topic you're taking on when he's not here. No, no, I think I've argued with him about this. Scribe like, is actually, <laughs> I think he's 100% right because from what I read a while back that the magic in our in the Elder Scrolls universe is Aetherius or the Void leaking into Mundus. And the sun is a giant hole through which it leaks in. Bethesda is trying to sublimely to get us to buy solar panels. <laughs> so I've mentioned this topic before in, I think, two of my videos, and I was planning on doing a whole video about it, but I'm still not sure if I should, because there's just not enough information. So anyone else have anything else to add on what the hell they think magic is? I think magic might be similar to our world, how fundamentally things are made up of atoms and stuff. I think in the Elder Scrolls universe, fundamentally everything might be made up of magic. And morals just kind of somehow tap into that somehow. And you, you don't only do it with the magic that we see, like firebolts and stuff. You can do it also 
with and with sword singing, that kind of stuff. See, actually, my cool. I, I just have a tiny issue with that. Is you're giving Bethesda way too much credit, and they don't deserve it. <laughs> See, okay, in uh, a more realistic standpoint, based on a, my own personal beliefs on this, I think that since the player themselves or even the NPCs are tapping into their potential to become the uh, Amaranth or the next like vivid dreamer by using magic because in a more higher level way of talking about it by using magic you're essentially breaking the laws of the godhead and what you're doing is you're kind of saying hey I'm going to be the dreamer for just a split second so that I can conjure this fire out of nowhere and to do that is essentially what Lorcan wanted when he created, well, not Lorcan, when, what Anu and Lorcan, basically all the original spirits wanted, except maybe Sithis, when they made the plan of existence, which was to see if they could find another Amaranth, see if they could continue the dream even further. Because by giving everyone the ability to become a godhead, or become the vivid dreamer, that's the whole point of making sure that things continue. No, it's a very now that is a very coda esque perspective, and yeah. I'll, I'll have to say it isn't very much canon. But there is hints in the game, based off of remaining lore from things like Morrowind and maybe a bit of Oblivion, where MK was still on, where it hints towards the purpose of the Elder Scrolls universe being to create another godhead, well, Amaranth, which is basically achieving Chim and then going beyond. Okay, so that being said, I think we've exhausted we our lore set. Yeah, we've exhausted. We we beat this horse so much that I don't even think it's dead anymore. It probably just came back to life. We should rename the podcast "Dead Horse Beating One." <laughs> yes, yes, Dead Horse Cast. Well, okay, scribe, move us on to the next section. Uh, okay. Next section here is whatever we want to talk about, and what I want to talk about is. YouTube algorithm conspiracies. Um, I I think that um, I think they do alter it. Like if you're a woman, you get boosted more. If you're uh, if you have a face in your like we do do we do know that they if you have a face in your uh, what's that image called the little small no, one thumbnail the, th- the thumbnail it's gonna get boosted more uh, stuff like that all caps it gets boosted more on that I think. You're on to something where they they're try- okay. So there's been a very large diversity. I, I don't want to get too political, but there's been a very large diversity movement in our nation recently, and I think YouTube's kind of latched on. I'm gonna get that. political. <laughs> kind of latched- under it. Yeah, you're underestimating how much I think of a movement there has been. Because if you if you look at it, they've been pr- they they promote uh, minorities more than they promote a straight white male. Or- I think there's more to it than that. I think just the fact that there's not that many women uh, YouTubers as compared to men, it might just be like a more gravitational thing where it's just like that and like the content that we're doing, especially it's mostly guys in their <laughs> mid uh, mid teens to early 20s and they see a woman and they're going to gravitate. Yeah. You guys watch MXR plays? Yeah. His, yeah. his girlfriend's the yeah. reason he does well. Oh, I know. MXR plays this is his girlfriend's channel, you idiot. I know. I know. That's the best part. <laughs> uh, 
they changed it from pro- Potastic Panda to MXR Plays because his name actually carries more weight than hers. Yeah, but then, but it, because she's in it, it gets more watches than his mods channel, which is a very bad thing. In my his opinion. mods channel doesn't get watches because YouTube demonetizes or takes down every other video. I really do think that like people who put more effort in their content deserve more watches. Like MXR Plays, sure, it, it it's fun to watch, but it's lowbrow content with not a lot of editing put in in comparison yeah. to his main channel. And yeah. that kills me. Like the reason I I'm I'm such an asshat to certain people is because I think that their content isn't worth the same amount as someone who spends hours upon hours working on it. Like I'll, I'll take a look at Koo stuff. Koo is specific because the amount of time he puts into his content is on par with mine. And we get a video once every every three months from Koo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think every time. I think you deserve a lot of work. But yeah, I think people who put in more effort deserve more views. But that being said, we've kind of covered this topic. So we'll move on to my topic next, uh, now that we've beat that horse. Early monetization with small YouTube channels. Now this has been something that's bugged me for a while. Why do small YouTube channels insist on monetization? Not like ad monetization, like, oh guys, fund me on Patreon. Guys, go to my Ko-Fi page and... Uh, donate to me or just donate to me on YouTube, please. I need money. Like, this obviously isn't your full time job. Why are you asking people for money? You can't give them would, anything in return. Would you like my straight answer or would you like the joke answer? Both. Both. All right, Matt. joke answer. Uh, they have small peepees. And uh, the, <laughs> the straightforward answer is. A lot of these people are trying to make YouTube their legitimate career, and they think the only way to do that is if they're spending all of their time doing it. And they personally feel, because I know when I started off in, I want to say 2010, that's how I was feeling. It's like, if I only do YouTube, I should get paid for all this work that I'm putting in. Granted, I don't feel like that anymore because it's YouTube. It's not going to go anywhere. Those are the odds of it. Yeah, yours Uh, isn't going to go anywhere. (laughs) Well, no, even with talks, right? Even if I put all of my effort into it, it's most likely not going to get to a point where I have a trillion subscribers and I'm making bank. At best, I'm going to have some money on the side that I can waste on maybe a yeah. couple minis here or there or a t-shirt. Well, that's what Zork's channel, Zork does with his channel. He makes like virtually nothing off of the YouTube money. Well, th- that being said, I want to comment. I'll, I'll use an example of... Someone, they probably won't listen to this deep into the podcast, so we're fine using them. Multiple people actually I can use. So, you know who Bones is from the Bonecast, right? Yeah. So, basically, he he was on one of our never-released podcasts, and... (laughs) Well, actually, he might have not been. I don't remember. But anyways, he was planned for one of our never-released podcasts. And, basically, he's started monetization right off the bat. And I don't think you should ever do that. Like, why would you beg people for money when you make content that's probably, you, you that actually I know for a fact that he makes it in uh, the Microsoft editor or whatever it's called, Movie Maker. He makes it a Movie Maker and it's basically, that's awesome. it's like, come on, man. I, I get that you don't know how to edit, but why would you ask for money for something that you really don't put much effort into in comparison to people who at least want to put effort in like i i understand it but it's not like art because someone tried to tell me that 
asking for money on YouTube is like paying for art off some commission site. It's not because do you ever actually get to own it? Do you ever h- hang it up in your house? No, you, it's something online. On that, on that note, I actually have a question for you guys. Uh, in all honesty, do you guys do YouTube or did you start? Because you might be jaded at this point, but I don't know. But when you started YouTube, did you do it as a passion project or did you do it to make money? Well, I haven't even I, started yet. Yeah. <laughs> well, when I started, it was definitely something like, right, I love gaming in general. And it's like, I have fun doing it by myself. And if there's the chance that I can make someone else have a little bit of fun or like help someone make a decision on whether or not to buy a game or make them laugh at the same time, it's like, that's the kind of what like reasoning I'm in the YouTube game, it's like I, I'm in more for it just to like have fun. Like I don't know if I'll do it forever, but at some point, like I've gotten to meet wonderful people through it. I've gotten to meet all of you guys. I got to meet Zorg, a bunch of people in my community chat for um, Discord, and it's been fantastic because of it. And it's been a blessing that I've gotten to meet all you guys because of it. And that's really wor- what's worth. Oh, thank you, big channel. Same. Say the same. For me, I, it's a bit of that. It's actually a lot of that. But I like to think of myself as, like, an amateur movie maker. Like, HB here can attest <laughs> to that. I I fucking, like, I'll look at a seat. I'll, I'll be, like, driving down a road, and I'll be like, damn, that's aesthetic as fuck. Let's pull over. He wanted me to pull over at, like, <laughs> 3 in the morning so he could film some fog on a lake. Because I, I really, like, I'm, I'm into cinematography like crazy. But for me, it was a lot about, like, trying to express myself creatively, which I feel like I've done to an extent. And then after that, like, it just kind of became, like, natural to start making videos constantly. Like, I missed one week of videos, which was finals week, which was, like, a few days ago. And it's, like, killing me. I I, I hate it at this point. It's, like, you get so used to doing it normally and every, like, whatever your schedule is. For me, it's weekly, and I'm going to eventually make it, like, twice a week. Like, you get so used to it that it's a second nature, and... I think it has a lot to do with the fact that the dopamine hits I get from just like expressing my content keep me coming back. I don't know. I can't. It fucks me up, man. <laughs> People are ridiculous. Well, speaking of being ridiculous, how about we move on to the next one? I don't know how that good of a segue that was, but cool. You want to say your topic? Yeah. So I've been wondering. E3 is coming up in about three weeks from now, guys. And... <gasps> We know for a fact Bethesda told us Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield are not going to be at E3. So we can talk about that. And That's what they say, but they're going to do it. They're just going to release Skyrim again. There it is, guys. Elder Scrolls 5. Are we ever going to ever gonna listen to what Bethesda says? Because everything they say, they, it's not really what's really going on. And in addition to that, do you guys think, will Cyberpunk 2077 be released this? I expect... Uh, CD Projekt Red to in some way shape or form release a gameplay demo or like at least some slice of gameplay because they already released a vertical slice but like I think that after this vertical slice we're going to at least see something and I expect the game to either be released this year or next year I uh, I think they're going to wait till next gen because that's a heck of a beautiful game oh yeah definitely it's probably going to be like a cross gen game in my opinion where, like, it's yeah. really meant to be played on the modern consoles, but it's... They're going to port... Yeah, they'll it. dumb it down for, like, Xbox One and PS4. See, the thing is, I do hope that Cyberpunk 77 is released. I think it'd be a nice, like, 
to show off what this generation is capable of. And that's something we can kind of leave this kind of note on. You know, they did release the specs of the machine that they showed the gameplay demo on at E3. And they were using a 1080 Ti. So I'm, in my opinion, I think they're going to release on this generation of guns. I think it'll come out this year. Yeah, but 1080. Ten- yeah. yeah, that looks damn good for a 1080. Ti. Yeah, yeah. TI. Well, in terms of computing power, that's like a lot for a console. I expect the next gen consoles to be that good. Like current consoles are around a RX 570 or a 560 in terms of performance, which isn't bad. It's actually pretty good. It's like it's like you can hit 60 on certain titles, mostly 30, 1080p. So uh, I think is that all you wanted to talk about, Koo? Or yeah, that's about it. Also, Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield, they're not showing up at the C3. Yeah, well, yeah, because we're just going to buy Skyrim again, dude. I fully, okay, I fully expect that we will get, because once we get, I think you mentioned it before, Koo, or it might have been someone else, but once we get uh, Starfield's engine and all its tech done, we'll probably be, like, spearheading Elder Scrolls 6 very quickly, because, like... I hope so because I really hope they use a newer engine. I'm just, well, so, I want it's just going to be a better upgraded uh, net worth <sighs> engine. Well, no, no, no. Uh, this is the same it's engine not that be upgraded the same at all. the it's same a few more lines of code. The, no, the you same guys, the same engine that Red Dead Redemption Two runs on is an engine from like 1998. Unreal Engine exactly. is based off the same code of an engine from like 1994. Yeah, but they yeah. They, they they switch programming languages to make Unreal Four. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. See, but the problem is Bethesda has been using the creation engine and its predecessors on more or less the same language and the same broken well, no, no. ass pa- Papyrus, faulty fucking Papyrus was no, introduced is, like, with Skyrim and Papyrus is the real letdown here. It's their engine would be much better without Papyrus. It's it's not just that the engine is bad. The way that the people of Bethesda script things is terrible. If you go into the creation kit, for instance, like for Fallout 4, it's the most recent thing that I've been modding. Uh, the biggest issue with it is, like, let's say you open up the settlement menu. Why it literally takes about 10 years for you to open the thing up. Or why, when you're going through load doors, unlike in Special Edition where it's almost instantaneous, it takes so long because the script that they have in, in place is a bad script. It's poorly written. So it can't just go from point A to point B. It has to go in the stupid circular logic for a half hour before it can find its way out the way they it's okay so it's probably not poorly coded it's the way the language is designed to access files and the papyrus coding language when it accesses your INIs to get each setting it individually has to go through and say okay I want to find out how far to load uh, textures while this person is standing in this exact location I'm gonna for each and every single line of code in the INI file well settings I'm opening it up, looking for one setting, closing it, opening it up, looking for the next setting, closing it. And it has to do all of that in like a split second. You say I'm that, not. but like modders have literally fixed these issues with because just like they, a, no, no, it's because, fixing the code. Yeah, because, no, because they found workarounds with the engine, which obviously you don't want to do when in professional coding, you never want to find workarounds that other people can't read because those workarounds are impossible to read for the actual people who code them. Now, with all that being said, uh, we should probably move on to the next topic, which is uh, Big E's. Big E, take it away. 
Yeah. So Elder Scrolls Blades, like I I had I looked at it on my phone like a couple days ago and I was like, I haven't touched this in month, like since like in a month. Like so I want to know you guys' opinions, thoughts, like time to resonate with everybody and everyone's had a chance to play it or at least the opportunity to. I don't know if anyone here has not played it, but still. Not well, that good. Oh well, yeah, well I haven't played it, but I I definitely have kept up a lot on the news of the game and I don't think it. it's I don't think it's changed at all from what I've heard about news. Like I think f- everything I've heard it's exactly the same as it was from launch. It also runs on creation. <laughs> does it really? Yes it does. Oh, that, that actually no. no. The they didn't say skin. that. They didn't say that, but it's runs on creation. You can tell by how you play. Well, no, that's actually really impressive. <laughs> that shows like awesome. you say that, but they already made the creation engine into a multiplayer engine with you know fucking Fallout well, no, 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 seventy six okay. with with Net Net Merce, which became Gamebryo, which became the creation engine. It start Net Merce was an MMO engine. So it is correct there. So there is very very small potential that it, it it's very versatile, is what I'm trying to say. Like. There's the fact that they were able to port it down was really impressive. I mean, well, the, my issue with it is if they're going to continue to use the Gamebryo or I call it Gamebryo, the Creation Engine for uh, for mobile game for mobile games, I'm okay with that. But I have a problem with them continuing continuing to use it on a next gen console. I mean, it's an old old engine. Oh, they're definitely going to rebrand they have, it. They have access to other engines because they own, uh, what's that? ID Software. They own ID. Guarantee they're gonna rebrand it, and no one's gonna, and everyone's gonna be like, "Wow, it's a new engine!" And no one's gonna ever talk about it again. The mod, the modder's gonna look. I, Wait a minute, this is the same thing. I think the biggest issue I have with people like defending Bethesda continually using the same engine is, oh, it's for modder accessibility. Which is bullshit because modders would be just as capable to pick up a different engine for modding as they would with creation. And from the way Bethesda has yeah. been going recently, I don't think they want modding unless they're pay- unless you're paying for it. Yeah. So well, now that we, do, we we really gotta stop talking about creation engine, back to blades. No, overall, yes, like, blades. I don't know. It's, it's it's nothing special. There is not nothing special about that game. Like it's very repetitive. I hate how it's level locking you into campaign so it's basically forcing you to grind out the game or buy shit and it's like i I don't know it makes me mad because this is like fallout shelter a lot and fallout shelter i actually thought was a lot of fun it was a pretty good mobile game but then like i don't know the like every there's a lot of signs just like pointing to bethesda trying to turn into a company that it's not and they really really want to be into that company they're like well here's eso like everyone wanted skyrim multiplayer well here's that and then they're like well now we got fallout 76 the game nobody asked for and now they get this and it's like well i mean i don't know i just yeah, I, it, Blades is. I, I, I wasn't. I honestly, I wasn't even looking forward to it. I didn't have hopes for it, and I'm never gonna play it. Chances are, I think if it comes down to playing it, I might play it once, just to see what it's like. But from what I've heard about it, it's Skyrim. If Skyrim got shot in the head and was told to perform a task, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it has potential. The game has the potential. To be That's a, a good mobile dungeon crawler. The game right now 
It has potential, you're right about that. However, with the current situation of how the loot boxes inside the work and all those chests and all the keys that you have to unlock them with, mm-hmm. it's not gonna That's just that that deserves to be boycotted. I don't it's, like blades right now as it is. Yeah. It's not sustainable. This kind of loops back to what I said earlier about AAA games, uh gaming studios. They care about their bottom line and they could give less of a shit about you if they can make a quick buck. Yeah. Yeah. Which, yeah, honestly, and some people don't understand there. They're, they're going to continue supporting bad practices. Don't like you. You don't have to be vocal about it. Just vote with your wallet. It's like all the people that were defending Anthem. It was, I'm like, you guys are insane. You're just well, people voted with their wallet. And now the game's dead. Oh, see, yeah. I, I had a buddy who actually did really like Anthem, and he said it's a good game. I think it's getting a lot more hate than it like it isn't deserved. Oh, it probably like, was. Oh yeah. Overall, it's a fun game to play, and I was like, I think my ish- I, many people's issue with that game is that it's nothing new. It's the same, uh, like loot and shoot kind of game that we've all had. If you, everyone has one already, no, if you don't play Anthem, you probably play The Division or you play Borderlands or Destiny games that are already. But the thing, like with other games, like some of the ones that you just said, they have more to them than Anthem offered. Like for oh, instance, Borderlands. They- has a lot to it than just the loot and shit. They typically have a lot more polish, too. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Like, people already have those established. Like, when you mention them, you guys already have an established opinion and a feeling towards it. So you like prefer those games. Why the hell do you need another one? Mm-hmm. You know? Now that we finished up this little section, we can move on to the best section. The one that everyone loves and that everyone listens to. Listens until... The lightning round. If you're still here listening, I'm proud of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> So, question number one of the Fantastic. lightning round. What do you think happened to Jigalag after the events of the Grey Mark? Uh, he went off to an island where he now sits and uh, yells obscenities at the sky. Yeah, understandable. Yeah, no, perfect. Yeah, Everyone agree with that? I agree. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Really, question number two. Unmarked stock. <laughs> How many Khajiit does it take not to be enslaved by another race? That's a trick question. It doesn't take any Khajiit because they're already enslaved. Oh, bitch. I'm a Khajiit <laughs> fan. Suck my- Get out of oh, here. Oh, 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 <laughs> guys, I Get think... Get your furry cosplay out of here. <laughs> not furry cosplay, but I'll fuck, I'll fuck you up, man. <laughs> I'm dropping the gloves. Let's go. <laughs> the mitts. Let's go. Oh, you guys want to go? Well, okay. Last question. You guys got to wrap. Who here wants to volunteer to beat. rap? Give me a beat! Hey, dude, I'm a metalhead. I'm not rapping. Argonians. Your brother. Their property. Hippity. Hippity hoppity. DJ <laughs> <DJ> Khalid! <laughs> oh my god. Ooh, okay, so yeah, thanks for coming to the to the episode number five of the Lodcast. So, thanks guys for watching. I will have everyone's channels on the link. And without further ado, see ya. He's lying. He never puts my channel on the link. Bye. Letters. Oh, you didn't. <laughs> <call me. laughs> Bye. Slendered fall. Fulusai Dovakin Zu'u Korav Nid Nol Dov Duhai Try me
even know our tongue, do you? Do you? Do you? I fought wars more ferocious than you. Do you? Do you? I've got a bone for you. I don't have a lot of patience for questions of 